2: my seven chakras episode 41
3: water is fluid soft and yielding but water will wear off rock which is rigid and cannot yield so as a rule whatever is fluid soft and yielding will overcome whatever is rigid and hard
4: the seven chakras swirling vortices of energy positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host,
2: Aditya Jai Kumar. All I Need is within me now. What's going on action takers AJ here and you are listening to my seven chakras your source for information stories and ideas that will change the way you look at the world around you. And today I am excited to bring you our featured guest Dr. Jin. So, Eugene, are you ready to inspire? Yes. Awesome. So, Dr. Jin has been practicing yoga, Qigong, meditation, and martial arts for over 30 years. He is a health and wellness educator, Zen inspired musician, and a founder of Healthy Positive Lifestyle Network. So, Eugene, I've given our listeners a mini intro. So, take a minute and tell us more about yourself.
3: Absolutely. Yes, my name is Jean, and first of all, I'm a practitioner and a student of life. I mostly study and practice uh, uh, martial arts, Qigong, meditation, Zen music, tea ceremony. I've done Hatha Yoga for the first 25 years of my practice career. And also, I'm the founder of two non-profit uh, projects. One is Ancient Sounds of Peace. Which is a, a promoting peace and harmony through ancient sounds and music, and a healthy positive lifestyle network, uh, which is an educational uh, health and wellness network dedicated to promoting health and wellness in the community.
2: Well, thanks a lot for that super introduction. Before we actually dive in, you get to press the start button, and you can do that by sharing with us some profound inspiration. So, Jane, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us one example of how you apply this quote to your
3: everyday life. Absolutely. I'll give you one by Lao Tzu, which outlines my whole practice. It says, water is fluid, soft and yielding, but water will wear off rock, which is rigid and cannot yield. So as a rule whatever is fluid soft and yielding will overcome whatever is rigid and hard. Uh, when I started a uh, martial art uh, practice over 30 years ago it was just physical to me but slowly I have been getting deeper into philosophy and it became the way I live. Flexibility does not mean being weak. Water is soft, all right, but what do you think about tsunami? Not that soft, right? (laughs) Water is extremely powerful. It is very persistent. It takes any shape. you You pour it into the vessel, it becomes the vessel, but it's still water. It won't compress. It will destroy anything in its way. It will yield if we push on it, and it won't keep any impression of us being there after we leave. It will adjust to take the path of least resistance, but it will cut through the stone to make its own path. So I have learned three essential qualities I personally base my life and my practice on. That is strength, persistence, and flexibility.
2: Well, thanks a lot for sharing that profound thought. You mentioned water is fluid, which is soft and yielding. But even though it, it is soft, it can break Rock and rock is rigid and hard, so soft and yielding does not mean weak, it means flexible, it means strength, it means power. And as you mentioned so correctly, water is like tsunami, and tsunami actually represents power. So, thanks a lot for sharing. So, just imagine that you are conducting a health workshop somewhere out in nature, and one of your attendees attending that workshop asks you, Gene, what is the main focus?
3: at this point in your life, what would you tell them? Uh, good question. I think the main point is remains the same as, as it was 40 years ago. I always dreamed about changing people's lives, about helping them live healthier and happier. That's why I went to the medical school to become a doctor years ago. That's why I've been so passionate about teaching yoga, martial arts, Qigong, etc. My ideal was to physically help people and and to equip them uh, with the best tools to change for the better. And I'm still passionate about helping, but my perspective changed over decades into helping people to realize that they already have everything they need to be happy and healthy. So my focus today shifted from trying to change people into what they are not to rather helping them to discover who they really are. Mm-hmm. I
2: love what you mentioned. You mentioned that earlier your focus was to change people, but now you help people realize the potential that they already have. So it seems like you are more of a facilitator, pointing them in the right direction, maybe equipping them with certain tools, certain techniques, so that they could use their tools and go onwards on their journey and find their strengths, find their courage, and become the person uh, who they were meant to be. So that's such a different in approach and very empowering so thanks a lot for sharing
3: sure
2: now you've spent over 30 years studying ancient practices such as yoga chikang meditation and martial arts so i'm pretty sure that you are aware of the energy centers that are called chakras so my question to you is what is your definition of the chakras and what is the significance of these energy centers in your practice
3: I I cannot really overestimate the significance because chakras are actually the foundation of everything I do. Mm -hmm. When I was practicing yoga, I was indeed working with uh, chakras a lot as well as nadis or channels. Now, since I shifted more towards uh, qigong and tao yin, which is often referred to as Taoist yoga, we just use a different terminology and approach it from a bit different point of view. We don't... uh, We don't work with chakras. We work with uh, dantians, which are energy reservoirs. And we also work with energy channels, widely known in the West as meridians. That basically is the foundation of uh, Chinese medicine, Reiki, martial arts. We even use the energy centers in daily communication with people. So to summarize, everything I do now in my practice is, in fact, uh, my entire life is based on uh, energy centers or chakras.
2: Well, thanks a lot for that. Moving on, what is
3: Qigong exactly? Qigong is basically the way to uh, to observe the energy. It's, uh, Qigong, uh, the, the inner energy, the qi, also known as prana or ki in uh, Japanese culture, is like water. It's something that's flowing uh, through us and we exist because of that. And when I was younger, I thought we could manipulate Qi and make it go uh, somewhere. But in reality, we just observe it. What Qigong is, is a set of movement, a slow movement with, with breathing. And by moving a certain way, we help the energy flow through the channels, through our arms, legs, up, our body to move it easier. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that.
2: Through qigong, it's a way to observe the inner energy, which is similar to ki or prana in uh, Indian mythology. And you s- sort of mentioned the differentiation. It's not that we manipulate the energy, as you thought early on, maybe many years back. But you realize that it's something that we observe, and just like the reference of water, you sort of guide the energy uh, to better health and better our wellness. Uh, so my question is: What is so powerful about Qigong that isn't available in traditional Western medicine? Is there something?
3: I would say tradi- uh, the Western medicine, uh, and I can I can speak about Western medicine because I've been a part of that for many years. Mm-hmm. It uh, often. Uh, It addresses the symptoms. If somebody has a headache, they had a headache pill. uh, If they have some other pain, they get the pill. They get another pill and third pill, and then they get the pill to neutralize the side effect of the first pill. (laughs) And that goes on and on. And I've been a victim of conventional medicine myself because doctors could not figure out what was going on with my own uh, headaches. But what, uh, Chinese or Eastern approach uh, or yoga approach or Japanese approaches is to locate what's wrong with the energy flow inside the body. There may be deficiency of energy in one area or maybe over-energized in another area and the whole Chinese medicine is based, do we need to block the energy from this area or decrease or do we need to increase that energy flow in a specific area to create the balance, to allow body to find find its own balance where it should be and that balance will be different for each person.
2: Mm -hmm. So you mentioned a clear paradigm shift The Western medicine addresses just the symptoms that might be noticed externally. And the problem with that is when you try to just plug in the holes, so to speak, in the boat, you notice side effects, and then you take another medicine for the side effects, but you're not addressing the root cause, something that is addressed in the Eastern approach, maybe Japanese or Chinese, where you sort of monitor that energy flow, establish a balance through these exercises, through these uh, movements. So my question is, I'm sure that uh, the objective is to cure some sort of a sort of a health challenge so what are some of the health issues or diseases that Qigong can help overcome?
3: I, I, I think uh, any any condition that is not uh, I call it self-inflicted injuries like uh, we, we break hands we, uh, we, we break arms and something that is a disaster then we may need some intervention from the surgical point of view but anything that has to do with uh, especially functional disorders or uh, emotional disorders. That is absolute as I think it's perfect uh, fit for uh, uh, practicing Qigong. And here, I have to be a little bit careful because people think, oh, he's a doctor, he's making a medical suggestion. No, consult your doctor, please. Uh, don't take my advice and don't run away from your doctor just because I said so. But for any patient... I think Qigong or breathing exercises can be a great addition to what they're already doing. And I think that can help them to heal faster.
2: Now, I've heard about Tai Chi as a healing practice. And from a distance, they might seem quite similar, Tai Chi and Qigong. So, what is the difference between both of these practices, if you can elaborate
3: a bit? Yes, Tai Chi is a, a martial art Itself. Mm-hmm. So the it, uh, the Tai Chi itself has a form. There are different schools of Tai Chi, but you basically learn certain form and you practice this form. Qigong also has forms, but it's not. It's more like a foundation. So Qigong movement are not a martial art based movement. They may be simpler. The forms uh, they are much shorter. They uh, they just concentrate in the the goal of the uh, Qigong is just breathe observe the energy flow with a tai chi is specific martial art form so practically you can take tai chi and make it a martial art and fight with that if you do it if you do it uh, the way of fighting but you can also practice it slow and very gentle so that it will remind the qigong it's just a different set of moves
2: so there you go listeners qigong forms are comparatively shorter but it's more about being mindful recognizing your breathing, observing your inner energy flow. And it's not really a martial arts form, maybe something that Tai Chi is. So, Yujin for someone watching a Qigong demonstration, what they see is slow and graceful movements or stretches. But there is obviously more than meets the eye and a lot going on internally. So, for someone who can't believe that such a graceful or a gentle practice can boost their energy and health, can you tell us what really happens energetically during a Qigong exercise?
3: We use a lot of breathing. We use a lot of visualization techniques. Mm-hmm. So uh, Qigong may be uh, static or it may be dynamic. You may see the movement that uh, the person is doing or it may be just sitting or standing in a certain position and breathing. And it's not just standing it's visualization of something. It may be visualization of some stream going through the body or little uh, golden balls that we uh, roll in our hands or something. It may be feeling of the warmth in the hands or it may be feeling of the strings connecting the hands and legs and things like that. It, it, there is a really advanced, uh, visualization techniques or sensory techniques that are associated with every exercise.
2: Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that there is definitely a clear difference. Some of the movements might be static, while some of them might be dynamic. And there is definitely a component of visualization. In other words, it's a complete holistic uh, practice. So you have something going internally, you have the observation, you have these mindful techniques of observing your breathing, then you have these forms, and then there's a mental visualization pattern as well. So thanks a lot for sharing. So let's say a person listening to the show right now has decided to give Qigong a try. What are some of the benefits that this person can experience? Now, if you could break down these benefits into short term, and then the long term basis,
3: for me, what I see the greatest benefit is flexibility. The flexibility, physical, emotional, and even it- intellectual. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I know martial arts knowledge can come really handy uh, in the dark alley. Hope nobody has to face it. But the real power of this uh, martial art approach is learning how to win in life without a fight how to achieve your goal with minimum uh, emotional and physical impacts, like if somebody hits you or accident or, or whatever that is, physical impact, and emotional when somebody is striking the uh, argument or something, they are very similar if you put them in, uh, next to each other. That's why we learn how to deal with stress through martial art principles and movement meditation, Physical movement is much easier for people to feel, it is tangible as opposed to just sitting and trying to calm down. Trying to relax while being mad is not working for everybody. That's why I see so many people try meditation and drop it after one class frustrated Mm. because it just doesn't work overnight, it takes time. But if you do the movement, they can feel it literally in their hands because this is what, uh, what they do. And I'm also giving people what I call the emergency tools they can start using right away, uh, before long before their mind learns to stay calm in the middle of the battle. The exercises that include shaking, movement, and things like that. And long term benefit. It's becoming like water. It is letting things go easier. It is not keeping the impression from yesterday, a week ago, or last year. It is not letting stress happen in us to begin with, so we don't have to go later and get rid of this uh, afterwards. And on the intellectual level, we, we develop flexibility of thinking using special moving and sitting meditation techniques. And life is not about one solution per issue. Every second brings thousands of choices, and we only have one second to make that choice. But just like two leaves never fall the same way from the same tree, we never have the same situation again, even if we think we do. It's always different. We learn to stay in the moment, to observe surroundings, and to develop what is called parallel thinking, which is basically multiple ways to accomplish the particular task. And that just makes life so much easier. So there you go,
2: action takers. Qigong helps you to build and increase your flexibility mentally, physically, emotionally. But not only that, it helps you gain a level of philosophy in terms of how to win challenges, struggles in your life without using violence, without resorting to actions particularly. And also maybe in the workplace, maybe in your relationships, it helps you overcome stress or pressure. And I love that you mentioned that meditation truly can be hard for a lot of people who are getting into the space for the very first time, but people find it easier to relate to or easier to perform movements. So what I resonated with a lot was the mind-body connection that you expressed through Uh, this practice of Qigong, that if it's difficult to meditate, what you can do is movements, but the result could be similar as well. Now, Eugene, you're a health and wellness educator, you're a Zen inspired musician, and founder of Healthy Positive Lifestyle Network. How did you actually get into healthy living? What were you doing before this?
3: Uh, This actually started many, many years ago, Mm -hmm. and uh, it started sometime at the uh, end of the 70s, and my uh, great-uncle was uh, the energy healer, and he was teaching me some uh, techniques, but my uh, journey actually began in 1982. I was a teenager. As a child, I was suffering from headaches almost every day, so... I was in the hospital one day, uh, laying on the bed, trying to fall asleep. And bed was so uncomfortable that I could not sleep. Then I remembered, I read in scientific magazine about the system called autogenic training. I tried and I fell asleep. Wow. And it worked second time. I got excited. And after I got home, I found the article and the book. I started practicing and I discovered that autogenic training mostly originated from meditation. And that was a beginning of my journey into yoga. But also, I was a nerd, a couch potato. I absolutely did not like any sports or any physical activity. And one day, I woke up with a strong desire to study martial arts. Why? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. There was no internet. There was no VCRs. Martial arts were prohibited in the whole country. But I started it in 1983, and I'm still in.
2: Well, I love the story that you just shared. And it seems like there are many incidences and People that have influenced you and helped you get to where you are. You mentioned that your great uncle was a energy healer and that you were, you know, uncomfortable uh, when you were once not well and you were on the bed. And because you read that magazine, you read that article in scientific magazine, you were exposed to autogenic training and you used it. You not only read it, but you used it. You tried it out and you experienced that benefit. And that incident made you get into meditation. Uh, So thanks a lot uh, for sharing. Sure. Now I know that through your workshops, through your classes, your podcast and your wonderful videos that I've seen on YouTube as well, you change people's lives around the world. Out of all these inspiring stories, what is your most inspiring client or student healing story till
3: date? Well, Zen or Taoist approach is about easy flow, and stories are usually not astounding. I don't truly really have any specific stories, but what I had was uh, numerous cases when students were coming to me and telling how somebody said something to them, and somebody was trying to offend them or get him engaged into an argument or a fight, and I would ask him, what did you do? And the answer was nothing. I thought it was not worth fighting. that to me is a victory. This is not about beating somebody up and being proud of that mm-hmm. this is this, there's nothing productive about that. This is not about running away from the problem. This is certainly not about allowing to be pushed in every direction. This is about keeping your balance and doing what you believe needs to be done without wasting your time and effort on what is not relevant
2: mm-hmm. Well, this is really profound. You mentioned that when that person, after obviously taking your training or learning from you, when the person experienced that moment of truth, when somebody was trying to instigate them or offend them or just trying to elicit some sort of a reaction from them, they took that moment and they knew how to respond. And the way they responded was not through violence, but a more uh, nonviolent approach, but just not reacting. And it's really true. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people find this find themselves in such a challenge in everyday life. How do you respond? How will people perceive you? How will the society perceive you? And, uh, and it, ca- it can be definitely challenging, but uh, I appreciate uh, the benefit that such uh, a practice can have on a person in terms of the mental balance, the physical, uh, you know, uh, benefit as well. So thanks a lot for sharing. Yeah, sure. Now, with that, we've reached the health tip round. Uh, this is the health tip section during which our guests share one health tip that can be implemented immediately. So what is that one tip that you can
3: share with our audience? Well, I can give you two advices for the price of so one if that's okay. <laughs> sure. And you can implement them today. And the first I call inner smile. Just imagine yourself smiling you don't even have to change the facial expression. Just close your eyes for a moment and think of a smile. And that's it. I do this first thing in the morning and uh, whenever I remember. And I start my every class with that. In fact, uh, my own podcast, I start and finish with a line, let's breathe and smile. Another advice is drinking a glass of plain, clean water. First thing in the morning when when you wake up and last thing before you go to bed. Don't rush. Take your time to enjoy the drink. I've done it for almost 33 years every day and it's wonderful. Try it.
2: Well, two things that I think even I forget sometimes. One is drinking adequate and enough water during the day. And the other thing is you mentioned the benefit of smiling, but not just physical smiling. You mentioned that even... Imagining or visualizing smiling in your mind can have those wonderful benefits, and I'm going to try out that tip today itself. So thanks for sharing.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Now, someone once said that strength doesn't come from what you can do, it comes from overcoming the things you once thought you couldn't. And with this thought in mind, we are moving on to the next portion of our show, which is all about major challenges. So, Jin. Could you tell us about a time when you faced a major challenge or barrier? Tell us what you were feeling at that moment and then how did you approach that particular challenge?
3: Well, do we have the the rest of the weekend to talk about that? (laughs) Uh, A while ago... I was engaged in a very unfair fight initiated by one of my patients. Unfortunately, medical professionals often become sitting targets for somebody aiming for money, Mm -hmm. and I had to make some really tough choices both in professional career and in personal life, and my decision was to just close my office, move to another state, and start life all over again as a health and wellness educator and a leadership coach. I will not go into further details for several reasons, but I'd rather talk about handling the adversity. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest coaches I have a privilege to learn from is John Maxwell. I've learned quite a few great principles from him, and the first one I point at is reality check. I've been guilty myself before of sticking my head in the sand and pretending uh, whatever was going on, but we need to know the facts What is the worst case scenario that may happen? Uh, This is not being negative by any means. This is just acknowledging the reality. Here's your reality check for the day. We're all going to die at some point. No exceptions, right? But we make plans while we're here. And same thing goes about adversity. What is the worst that can happen? My next step would be to outline the plan of actions. And I would do at least couple of them a and b or maybe a b and c where one of them is an emergency evacuation plan in case the worst thing does happen what are my options and somebody may say gene you speak about this like it's walking the park you just don't know my story and you're right i don't but i tell you for me it was definitely not the most pleasant experience however remember once you're in you're in it was a point of no re- beyond the point of no return so panicking losing it would not help in that situation worry drains the energy so needed for survival it's like the crash is inevitable find the best position and relax so you won't get hurt more than it's absolutely necessary i don't know if it was my personality type or was it because of years of training that may be cold-headed in that moment, but I pictured the whole deal as a river. I was on the water rafting of life trying to navigate and not to get thrown on the rocks. I believe there is no losing in life as long as you are still walking. I learned again from John Maxwell, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And I've done a lot of learning over the past several years. I remember about 26 years ago when I just learned uh, Sirsasana, and we were practicing yoga outside on the grass. My teacher said to me, don't be afraid, you won't fall below the ground. So once I accepted that, anything else was not really scary. Unstable Sir Shasana? So what? I won't fall too far anyway. The same principle I used at the moment of adversity. Once I realized and accepted the worst case scenario and outlined at least some plan of action, anything else would be definite winning. So looking
2: back now, what is that one major life lesson you would want our listeners to take
3: away from your story? Uh, Perhaps the most valuable lesson I can teach is never concentrate on what you don't have. Concentrate on what you do have. You see, anytime I think about what I wish I had or about what I should have, could have done instead of what I did, I get either feeling of unfairness, self-pity, or perhaps self-blame and guilt. And trust me, I've done that. Nothing productive comes out of that. Instead, concentrating on what I do have helps me to develop a real working plan of action and achieve real results. And Working with a coach helps. Remember, every champion has a coach. So don't get too cocky.
2: So there you go, action takers. This is a question today for you. Are you doing your daily reality checks? In fact, it's worthwhile to, once in a day, ask yourself, what's the worst thing that can go wrong? What are your options? What are your emergency plans? And what are your action plans for plan A or plan B and plan C? Because as you mentioned, Jin, it's not about being negative, but it's just about being more aware about your situation and your environment. And I completely agree with you. To have a coach is one of the best strategies that a person can have, whether it's a business coach or a relationship coach, or maybe a study coach as well. And not only the coach, I think just to add having a mastermind can also help where you have a group of four to five like-minded individuals who each are gunning towards their own goals. And by sharing ideas, sharing concepts, giving each other feedback, you are not thinking individually, but you are thinking as a collective whole or as the name says, a master mind. So if you are new to this concept, just go to Google and search for the concept of mastermind or even more, read the book Think and Grow Rich, because in that book, uh, the the concept is mentioned and explained really, really well. But thanks a lot for uh, sharing your story, Gene. Uh, every time we listen to a story of challenge, we actually move one step closer to our individual victories and realize that a challenge is only a temporary situation. And with that, we are now moving on to the next portion of our show, because every major challenge is followed by glory this round is called finding your life's true calling now ella wilcox once emphatically sorry ella wilcox once emphatically stated that there is no chance no destiny no fate that can circumvent or hinder or control the firm resolve of a determined soul so my question to you jean is have you found your calling and if yes what is your calling
3: I think that is helping people. This is what I've always wanted to do, uh, even when I was just a kid and I carried it with me throughout my life until now. I like to help. I like to empower people, encourage them to take actions, to develop themselves. And I like to teach, and that's why I became a health and wellness educator. And I teach not a theory only. I teach classes as well. I train, and I've done it for decades. Besides that, I play Zen music, healing music, uh, which is an ancient form of Zen practice. And I really enjoy it. This was my latest addition to my practice since uh, 2003.
2: Well, thanks a lot for sharing. And based on your story and the insights that you shared earlier, it is crystal clear that you are living your destiny and your life's calling. So what is that one moment, that one moment that you can share with our listeners beyond which you were confident that this is what you were meant to do.
3: Sure. Uh, I can tell you one of my music stories. One day, uh, several years ago, I was playing my flute by the ocean. I was not performing. I was just practicing for myself. The sun already set, and there was practically nobody around. The wind was blowing at me from the ocean, as it usually happens in California. I could barely hear myself, so I did not even worry that I could bother anybody. Once I stopped, I noticed an older couple walking along the shoreline. And once we got closer, they said, Thank you for your wonderful music. You made our day. I replied, Thank you. I was surprised they could hear me playing. Perhaps the wind carried my sound in that direction. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, When I think about this evening, I truly get emotional. I know somebody may think uh, this was not a big deal. I hear you. I think it was around that time when I began playing solo meditation music in various studios. So for me, that was the answer to the question, who in the world would ever need my humble sons? And as that couple was walking away peacefully talking and holding their hands, I was looking at them and thinking, thank you, you've just made my day too. And I believe just because I'm still thinking about them 10 years later, Mm -hmm. they made more than just a day. And today I'm uh, playing healing and meditation music all over Phoenix Valley. And I'm getting invited in other cities and uh, festivals to play as well.
2: Mm -hmm. No, I would confidently say that I've listened to a lot of podcasts, but your podcast is really different in the sense that you not only share your wisdom and your insights in your stories, but while listening to your podcast, the beautiful music in the background, that makes a world or of a difference, and thanks a lot for sharing your story. Uh, you mentioned that there was nobody around in the beach, and you were playing the flute essentially for yourself and for your passion. But because of the nature of the wind, your music actually carried over to an older couple who were walking, having a good time on the beach, but they really enjoyed your music and they said something they said you made our day and this goes to all our listeners as well people who are maybe studying who are doing a business right now or who are working we all are doing something or the other to enable change to make a positive uh, change in people's lives but even if at this point today we are not influencing thousands of ten thousands or hundred thousands of people even if you're making a change in one person's life in a positive way, as you mentioned, that can act as a seed, a seed that can grow a huge tree in the future. So thanks a lot for inspiring us. All right, Eugene, like all things come to an end, we have now reached the wisdom round, which is the final round for today's show. Just like in a rapid fire round, I will ask you a series of questions, and you will respond with bite sized bullets of wisdom. So are you ready? Sure. Sure. What is the best
3: advice you have ever received? Perhaps the best advice uh, I received, and I uh, keep telling people, if you want to be happy, be. Happy is an inside job. Yes, I teach leadership. I teach martial arts, yoga, meditation. I play healing music, and I love it. But what my teachers told me, what my coaches told me, learn to be happy where you are with what you have not complacent. Don't, don't get confused. Mm-hmm. If you get complacent, you don't grow. And I want to grow as a person, as a leader, as a teacher. I don't want to get stuck with what I have, but I'm also learning to be genuinely happy with what I have and be thankful for what I have. Then I will get more to be thankful for.
2: Is there a personal habit that you can share with our audience that contributes to your well-being?
3: Yes, absolutely. When I was a little child, my dad told me, whatever you do, it is better to do it 40 times once than 40 times none. Later, I've learned from my coaches that consistency is the number one key ingredient in any success, in whatever you do. I've learned from John Maxwell, uh, the rule of five. He says, define five things you need to do and do them every day. Just five, but every day, not all day, just every day. My music teacher told me, five minutes of practice every day will make you a master. Well, 10 minutes a day will make me a master faster. But the point is, you have to be consistent in whatever you do. So could you share with us
2: your morning ritual? Could you describe the first two hours of your day?
3: Oh, sure. Uh, my morning ritual is usually quiet, and what I do change numerous times throughout the years. There are a couple of things, though, that still stay the same. One of them, and don't laugh, I'm cleaning my tongue. Mm-hmm. Yes, I use tongue scraper and I've been doing this daily since I started my yoga practice. I think it's good for the body. It's a must. Next thing I do is drink a full cup of clean water with nothing except prana. Yes, I drink them I drink this water very mindfully and I visualize the energy going into me. I read my positive affirmation card. And I'm also writing down my top 10 goals by memory i review my schedule for the day even though i did it night before and then i may start with reading a book or with writing a script for my next show or for my presentation or i may spend some quiet time thinking about some ideas
2: Mm -hmm. thanks a lot for sharing what is that one book that has made a significant impact in your life
3: Honestly, for me, it's really hard to suggest uh, just one book since Mm -hmm. I read at least uh, one book every month and you already stole Napoleon Hill's name from me. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes I'm working on a couple of books uh, at the same time. But I think one of the books I recommend quite often is called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Dr. Shad Helmstetter. It really changed my life. We do spend 75% of our conversation talking to ourselves, whether we are aware of that or not. And our words shape our attitude, our habits, our lifestyle, and our destiny. So be aware of what you say.
2: So action takers, the links and information discussed here is available in the show notes. So Jean, it was phenomenal having you as our featured guest today. Before you go, tell us one thing that makes you grateful today. What is the
3: best way we can find you online? And then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely. Uh, my teacher told me and my coaches told me, for all things, say thanks. So I'm uh, I'm actively uh, searching for ways to express my uh, gratitude. Uh, I'm thankful for waking up in the morning. I'm thankful I have uh, food on the table. I'm thankful for the class I, I was teaching today. I'm thankful for uh, you inviting me to talk on this uh, wonderful show about a topic I love Uh the most and uh, as for finding me uh, i have a website uh, healthy positive lifestyle network that is hpln.org that is a website where i am talking about uh, uh, what i teach Uh, i'm providing resources my podcast and i will be also providing a leadership training for people uh, who uh, want to advance in life so
2: there you go listeners if you liked what we spoke today about the different stories, insights, then head on over to www.hpln.org because as Jean mentioned, it is a network. So you have a repository of articles and the podcast episodes. You have videos on there, a lot of stuff that will definitely inspire you. So Jean, thank you for coming on our show today, sharing your wisdom and knowledge and taking our listeners one step closer to a human revolution.
3: Absolutely. That was my honor and my pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. You are listening to My
4: 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com Download your free gift, get inspired and take action. Transform your life today.